0: Welcome to the inaugural Celestial Attic Podcast. Celestial Attic covers Cleveland's geek scene, conventions, movies, comics, shows, lectures, workshops, festivals. If it's geeky and it's in Cleveland, we want to cover it. If you know something we should cover, email us cleveland at celestialattic.com, spelled C-E-L-E-S-T-I-A-L-A-T-T. I see. We're excited to hear from you. Now stay tuned for this week's celestial pick, Cleveland's Geek Calendar. We go behind the curtain at this Friday the 13th's Rocky Horror Picture Show in Oberlin. And we look at this weekend's March for Science in Cleveland. Each week, we present you our Celestial Pick, the geekiest thing going this weekend. This week, it is the March for Science, happening in Cleveland's Public Square from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Saturday, April 14, 2018. We'll have more on that later in the show. Now, let's take a look at this week's Geek Calendar. <music> This week's Geek Calendar from CelestialAttic.com. Tonight, Wednesday, April 11th, Life, the Universe, and Hot Dogs will feature Michael Tamor speaking on the technical and legal pathways to a carbon-neutral economy. I have it on good authority that some sign-making might also be happening. This talk is hosted by the Institute for the Science of Origins. You'll find them at The Happy Dog at Euclid Tavern from 7 p.m. until 8.30 30. The Cleveland International Film Festival continues through Sunday, so you still have time to catch a show or two. Visit them at clevelandfilm.org. Book lovers will want to check out the Oberlin College book sale running today, Wednesday, April 11th through Sunday, with Saturday being bag day when you can fill a bag with books for $5. Sunday, all items are just $0.10. Details are on the calendar at celestialaddict.com. Also in Oberlin this Friday, the 13th, at the historic Apollo Theater, Simply His Servants presents the Rocky Horror Picture Show with a live pre-show and complete interactive floor show with the uncut film in 2K digital. Admission is $6, but you should arrive at least 30 minutes early because the pre-show rolls by 11.30 p.m. Survival kits will be available at the theater before the show. Kits are $3 each. And we're a month out from Marcon, the Multiple Alternative Realities Convention in Columbus, Ohio, May 11th through 13th. Want to go? Planning to go? It's time to finalize those plans. You'll find them at marcon.org. Closer to home, Greece's 40th anniversary showings are running tonight, Wednesday, April 11th, and Saturday at select theaters through fathomevents.com. Another geeky Fathom event this week is Sunday night's special, Survival Sunday, which encourages fans to show up in costume for the Walking Dead season finale and Fear the Walking Dead season premiere, commercial-free, on the big screen at participating theaters. And Friday, oh Friday, much-awaited Hamilton tickets go on sale at PlayhouseSquare.org. The demand for this show is intense. I'll be right there in the queue with you. I'm not throwing away my shot. And Monday, the rush begins for tickets to the Festival in the Forest in Hinkley, Ohio. This exclusive Dungeons & Dragons event is part campout, part LARP, and a heck of a lot of fun. But for the next 30 days, only previous attendees can get tickets. If you want them, the clock is ticking. Tickets for the general public will go on sale in 30 days. For more links and details on these events and others, go to CelestialAddict.com and click on the calendar link at the top of the page. And now, let's switch grooves and talk about the Rocky Horror Picture Show with Kev Boychik, director of Simply His Servants, the performance troupe based out of the Cedar Lee Theater. They have a very special show coming up this Friday the 13th at the Apollo Theater in Oberlin.
1: Janice! <laughs>
0: I am uh, talking to Kev Boychik, Simply His Servants, a Rocky Horror performance troupe here in the Northeast Ohio area, and uh, they will be performing this Friday the 13th at the historic Apollo Theater in Oberlin, Ohio. So Kev, what can you tell me about a Friday the 13th Rocky Horror showing? That sounds like the perfect time
2: to be performing. Yeah, it works out perfectly. You're absolutely correct. Well, we will... uh this is going to be our spring show we do two shows a year at the apollo we do a show in april and we do a show in october and for our april show it's going to be uh what we kind of normally do they'll show the movie of course and then uh along with the movie we act out the movie uh the the cast performs in costume you're kind of seeing like a somewhat a, a four dimension kind of thing where we you know some people call it shadow cast we act out the movie in front of the movie And uh, around, like, we'll be up and down in the aisles. We'll be interacting with people in the audience that are sitting on the aisles. And then the audience also plays an important part of it, too, because we, you know, we'll be doing acting and and performing along with the movie. But the audience does audience participation in the form of callbacks, things that you shout. Um, Then there's also things that you throw, Um, you know, during the opening scene of the movie, when uh, everybody comes out from the church, there's a wedding. They throw rice in the film. And so uh, you throw rice in the theater. During the rainstorm, uh, you bring in a squirt gun and you squirt your squirt gun up in the air to simulate the rain. And students Susan ran and put the newspaper on head. Put, newspaper, put it on your head. And um, it's a fully interactive experience between you know both the cast and the audience. And if you've been before, um, it's pretty much you know everything that you can expect at uh, a typical Rocky Horror midnight showing. And if you've never been before, there's nothing to be nervous or worried about because of the fact that it's really easy to get into.
1: Now, um, I
0: I remember from 25 years ago, I remember this uh-huh. being a messy, exuberant uh, reverie. Uh, you know, we used to go oh, yeah. every other week or so, and it always turned out to be a place to just, you know, so, sort of find the rest of the tribe and make new friends. Yeah, yeah. So tell me where did you go to? uh, Oh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and we would say through the '80s, through the early '90s, somewhere in that time period. um, I I I remember we were banned from throwing
2: toast. Uh, They would not allow. We allow toast. toast. When you go through different, it's interesting that you go to different theaters around the country. There's, there's different places that allow and prohibit certain things. We allow toast. We allow rice. Uh, some of the things that we don't allow, we don't allow toilet paper cause it's real difficult to clean up. Uh, we don't allow food objects like hot dogs or eggs. Um, but pretty much most of the props we allow. And we also, we all, we also sell props. We have a merchandise table at the theater. So if you're not in the mood to toast toast at 11 o'clock at night on a Friday, you know, you can just show up and it's three bucks and you can buy a prop bag.
0: Yeah, no, I saw that. But, Survival but once, you, once you get to the point Survi- yeah, yeah. survival kits and, that's awesome uh, three dollars
2: yeah yeah and then after you're uh, after you're, you're sitting in the theater for uh you know for about two hours and you know uh pieces of toast are flying around and and rice and squirt guns and uh and and what have you and noisemakers and things like that um you you can get uh you can expect to find rice coming out of of uh, of, of your clothes when you get home at night and then it's always disturbing because it doesn't matter if you're in the cast it doesn't matter if you're an audience member, pretty much everybody is gonna find rice in the shower on Sunday morning <laughs>
0: yeah I, so. it, it, I, I, ours turned into drunken reverie by the end of the night. Uh, we performed oh, yeah, at a yeah. we performed at a theater that had a bar. Uh, so you know it was like uh, it, 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 there there were no holds on our behavior it was crazy. But oh, tell me yeah. a bit tell me a bit yeah. about your cast cuz we didn't have a formal cast. We had a bunch of college kids yeah. with a lot of enthusiasm. You're the director of Simply His Servants. What is that like? Yeah. How long have you been together? How did it start?
2: the the cast we our cast has more or less ex, existed at the theater uh for the duration of the run at the Cedar Lee uh which we're actually in our 30th year right now we've been there since uh, 1988 and uh most not all but most theaters that that have a uh con- constant or an open engagement of Rocky Horror do have casts that um that establish and it's 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 like a um you know, people call it a cult, but it's it's more of a family, or or maybe like a performance troupe, like you know, you know, you get like a comedy group or an improv group, and um, like like if if you if you look at the New York, the New York show where Rocky has been you know forever, they've got the New York cast there. Um any place that's done a long run of, of Rocky will have a a group and it's an established cast. And they usually have, you know, their own cast names. Like if you go to Chicago, there's a fantastic cast out there called Midnight Madness. If you go down to Cincinnati, there's a cast called the Denton Affair. And 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 those are those are all groups like us that have been around for a long time because they've been doing shows for a long time. Um there are shows that do pop up uh, especially around Halloween. Halloween is like our high holy day. And, and, you know, you'll get showings on college (laughs) campuses and, um, you know, in like, you know, little, little one-off theaters. And, you know, there's some places where they'll they'll do Rocky like once a year. Right. And those, they don't usually have established casts because, you know, it's kind of hard to get people to, you know, commit to something when it's, you know, only once a year, but we're, we do a monthly show at the Cedar Lee. And then we do two annual shows at the Apollo. And so since we have, you know those debt those set dates to do an open engaged show you know indefinitely in the future um that's just what it is it's 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 kind of like a performance group it's it and uh for a lot of people rocky horror is is like a is like a and certainly for me it's like a second family i mean you know you you get friends and you know like you said before when you're there and 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 it's it's that way whether you're in the audience or whether you're in the cast it it becomes it's a social thing. A lot of people that go to Rocky Horror don't even really go to, to sit and watch the movie. And then there's people that don't even go to throw rice and shout callbacks. It, it's it's totally a social thing. You know, it's like anybody who might go to to a night or you know if you're if you're an avid concert goer or, or or something like that, or if you go to a lot of sporting events. Rocky Horror is first and foremost, uh, it, it's 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 a social experience. How I long have it. you been doing it? I've been I've been a Rocky Horror fan uh actively since March of 1987. I just celebrated my 31st anniversary not that long ago. Holy cow. So uh I uh, you tell me about it. I've I've got members on our cast that are young enough to be my children. <laughs> and uh well that, that that is that is if I uh if I was more sexually active in my youth. But uh <laughs> but I but I, I have I have CDs that are older than some of my cast members. I mean God bless them. I love them still, but yeah, I've been around for a while. So, but, so um, what
0: what parts but, have you played, you personally? What have you played?
2: I have played every character in the show except for Rocky Horror and Columbia. <laughs> um, and I, I I never got into Rocky Horror because I do not have the physique for that. Um, one awesome thing about Rocky is that. Uh, and, and and it's definitely one of the things that's kept it going all these years is that Rocky is open to everyone. Um, it's for everyone from all walks of life, all, all genders, all, all races, you know, sexual orientations, you know, everybody is everybody at Rocky. I mean, we're all one big family and and a lot of people go to Rocky because of acceptance. You find someplace where you can go
1: right. where,
2: you know, you, you don't feel unusual. And um, whenever you look it up online, like if you read Wikipedia entries or if they do a story about it on the news, Everybody always says, oh, well, Rocky Horror is where all the, the misfits and the freaks and the weirdos go. And it's actually not all freaks and misfits and weirdos because there are actually a lot of people at Rocky Horror who have day jobs that are, would really surprise you. Right. But I think it gets attention that it's mostly, you know, misfits and people that don't fit in because of the fact that it's one place where you can go and, you know, it, you, you, you can have like, for me, when I was growing up, you know, I was... A, Complete and total outcast when I was a teenager, but I went to Rocky Horror every weekend, and I had like dozens of friends that were like brothers and sisters to me. And even now, like my all all the castmates and 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 our regulars in the audience. I mean, like when you see them every month, it's it's kind of like a family reunion or like going to church or something. It's like okay, you're hanging out with with all of your friends, and there's not too many places you can go to to experience that. You know, there are no rules. You know, you don't if you want to play Frankenfurter and you're a female, not a problem if you want to play Janet and you're a guy, not a problem at Rocky, there's, you know, anything goes. So I've played everything, but I never got into Rocky horror because yeah, if you're a guy, you kind of have to look a certain way to play Rocky. Horror. Right. He has um, a certain chiseled I, I, physique. I, yeah. I retired out of performing probably about, uh, well, maybe about six or seven years ago, because, um, like I said, I've, I've been around for a long time and, and we get new people that come in cast and they have a lot more energy and in performing than than i have so you know i kind of pass the torch but what i do is i do the mc and all production of the show i i do all the introductions so i'm the the loudmouth smart ass that that leads in with the um, the virgin initiations and you know the going over the rules and the welcoming and all that and then during the show i'm just kind of there overseeing everything else do you want to cover any of the tips
0: for people who are coming? What are the rules? What are the do's oh, sure. and don'ts?
2: Yeah, well the uh the, the rules are, are are pretty pretty simple. Um you know, you're you're in a movie theater and although it may seem weird that you're squirting squirt guns and throwing rice and dry pieces of toast and what have you, um it is still a you know, a a, a place uh a, a business operation where they they have to exist uh as a movie theater, 365 days. So even though we were allowed to do that stuff, we do ask that, uh, you know, of course, everything that you throw, you throw up and back, Um, you know, only throw props when they're supposed to be thrown. Um, And, you know, there are certain points in the movie, like the time warp, where we do let people get up and dance, Um, but uh, you can't run around the theater and act crazy. Um, One of the things that I do that is incorporated into the, um, the pre-show is I do have a list of rules that we say, like, okay, you know, do not throw anything at the screen, don't throw anything at the cast. And uh in true Rocky horror fashion, you know, you've been to the show, there's the callbacks that people shout during the movie. Uh there's actually callbacks for the rules. So like as I'm shouting the rules, people will, you know, have audience participation and callback and kinda <laughs> heckle me. And then, you know, because, you know, not every you know, most things aren't aren't sacred at Rocky. Every everybody uh Everybody gets in everything. I mean, it's all a joke. As long as you follow the rules, you know, you're okay. Um, like, like I mentioned before, virgins. If you've never seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show in a theater before, you're considered a virgin. Uh, so we, we do, you know, a, a traditional ritual kind of thing where we'll do uh, different things before the show, like a in- initiation kind of ceremonies, Something small people get a lot, uh, people get really scared. They get really nervous. Oh my God, what's what's he going to do to me? We do something silly where we'll bring some virgins up and, and we'll, you know, warmly welcome you into our family by, by initiating you. And then for the rest of the people, we kind of do a call response kind of thing, um, just to welcome all the virgins. And, uh, and if you've been to the show before, then, uh, you shout, shout your lines out and throw your props and, uh, you know,
0: just, Enjoy the show, and it occurs to me another thing has changed since I last went to this show. We watched it on aging, decaying thirty-five millimeter prints, and now Absolutely. with four K projection, yeah. the, the Rocky film itself, Rocky Horror, should be amazing looking.
2: Oh, it is! It is now. See, for me, it's funny that you mention that because I actually happen to be um, a, a big uh, film head. I'm 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 a big celluloid geek. Uh, and, and in fact, in fact, I, I own the film on film. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I, I, I'm one of those weirdos. I actually watch <laughs> it in 16 millimeter at home, but, uh, I, I, you know, it was always nice when you had on 35 millimeter because, you know, Rocky would play for a really long time. And so the, the theater's prints would get beat up and old. Mm. And so it would become part of the show. Um, but yeah. you know, in the digital age, you know, people, people don't think like that. Everything's got to be clean and crisp and, and the, 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 yeah, the 4K scan of Rocky Horror that's projected is mind blowing. I mean, the the first time that I saw the high def uh, transfer of the film blown up, I mean, you know, I've been going to this movie for you know 31 years. I, I I know it like the back of my hand. And the first time I saw it in HD, I was like, I had no idea that brad's shoes that brad I mean, I mean like i had no idea that that was written in the criminologist's book and what is that written on the wall and look at that sitting on the dinner table oh yes um, oh yes the not, costumes not, not the, all the details those details but yeah
0: yeah yeah no it's it, it was it was amazing i just watched it digitally and i my jaw kind of fell because i was like i don't think i ever saw it i think i saw yeah something like, through scratches that was kind of like it but yeah yeah
2: so, truly as many amazing. Many times as you watch the movie, you had no idea that Janet's middle name was Margaret. But you find you, you find that out in the HD version because uh, when the criminologist is looking at his book in the middle and they, they show you the statement, yep. it's got Janet's name. And her middle name is Janet Margaret Weiss. Uh, so, so, thank you, HD. So, this is going to be a fun show
0: and a great night to see it. Friday the 13th. You know, what an auspicious Absolutely. occasion. Absolutely. All right, so uh, we can encourage people to come down. Now they should be there early, but for all the pre-show stuff. So, say eleven thirty is that early enough?
2: Yeah, if if you get there at uh, eleven thirty, you know it's it's general admission. So you know the earlier you get there, the better seat that you have. And um, like I said, we we have uh, we have our merchandise ta- merchandise table there. So if you want to bring pr- if you don't want to bring props, uh, three dollars will get you a prop bag. Uh, you can also bring in. Uh, props from home, if you like. Uh, they do check bags just for security purposes. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're there. If you if you if you bring a group of friends, if you've got virgins, if you got anybody that you want to be involved with the pre-show and uh, initiating the virgins, come and look for me. You'll see me right there at the table at the entrance. And uh, you know if you got any friends that you want to you know, bring up during the intro, we can do that. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So this Friday the 13th, the place to be will be the Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Apollo Theater in (music) Oberlin. All right. Time to switch gears and talk about something a little more serious here at Celestial Attic. We are unabashedly pro-science and science is under attack in many forms. The more vocal and charismatic attacks you may have heard, attacks on evolution, attacks on climate science, but there's a more subtle attack, a resource drain that's occurring where we're losing the fundamental research funding that leads to new breakthroughs, that is the foundation for a technological and information-based economy. So, to show our support, we're marching again this year in the second annual March for Science, March for Science CLE 2018 will take place on Sunday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. in Cleveland's Public Square. Now, this is the day after the National March, so you may see Cleveland listed with a Saturday, the 14th date, but we're on Sunday, the 15th this year. And I took some time to talk to March organizer Dr. Patricia Princehouse from Case Western Reserve University, where she's the Director of the Program in Evolutionary Biology and an Outreach Director for the Institute for the Science of Origins. And I'm here with Dr. Patricia Princehouse from Case Western Reserve University, and I want to talk about uh, the March for Science. Last year's March for Science was so energizing. And uh, what should people expect from the second March for Science?
1: Well, we're hoping that it will be just as energizing as last year. Last year we had thousands of people show up at uh, Public Square and The vibe was just terrific. Uh, You mentioned before, more geeks per square foot than anything you'll ever see. Uh, And we had, you know, one of the things that was so uh, heartening to me was the number of young people that we had, not just uh, in the, uh, you know, 15 to 25 crowd, but we had a lot of kids that were 10 years even younger. And uh, they had these great signs. It was wonderful. The signs were just tremendous. So we hope it'll be the same sort of thing this year.
0: And there was a lot of material last year. There were all kinds of little science groups, organizations, activities that people could connect with. Uh, will that be going on again this year?
1: Yes. At, uh, starting at 10 o'clock, we'll have uh, various tables, and there'll be lots of different things to do, uh, from face painting for little kids up to adults with serious interests in things like astronomy or um, biology, paleontology, physics, all kinds of stuff.
0: And what's, uh, who are the speakers this year?
1: So that we have a number of speakers. Um, the speakers that are our are, are sort of headliners, uh, there are two. Uh, there's Cynthia Bell, who is a biological anthropologist, uh, anthropologist at Case Western. She's also a member of the uh, board of the American Association for the Advancement of Science and a member of the National Academy of Sciences, which is a it's an honorary thing and it's only the very creme de la creme uh, of scientists get into the National Academy. Uh, She's a very interesting person. She works on high-altitude adaptation in humans, uh, including places like Tibet and the Ethiopian highlands and and the Andes, places like that. Uh, She cares passionately about science. Uh, We also have our other headline speaker is Isaiah Ningo. He is Kenyan. He's a paleontologist, paleoanthropologist, and uh, he is a collaborator of mine. Uh, he, about two years ago, found a uh, complete skull of the what's probably the ancestor between uh, humans and the great apes. Uh, in in, uh, northern Kenya, in Turkana. and He will be talking, though, in this case, uh, about what he sees as the future uh, for Africa as an African and um, uh, the role that he feels that science plays a crucial role in that, the role that it will play. Uh, And of course, this is not just uh, Africa in isolation, but it's really the future of the whole world. So we've got uh, Jurgen Bosch, who does uh, drug and vaccine development. He's working on a vaccine against malaria. Uh, We have uh, Leslie Cuellar Vita, who uh, spoke last year as well. She's a grad student and science researcher. Uh, uh, Aaron Godfrey, who's a physicist at Zen Technology, who works on aerospace. Uh, We have Edward Lee, who is the uh, uh, director of a center for um, 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 medical uh, communication health uh, communication uh, and a cancer survivor. We have Hazel Marie, who is the department chair uh, at uh, Mechanical and Industrial Engineering at Youngstown State. Uh, she spoke last year as well. She was terrific. We have Grant Goodrich, who is the director of the Great Lakes Energy Institute. Claudia Pasma, who is a grad student in physics uh, at CASE, and she and her fellow students. uh, uh Organized the um, uh, Women's March in Cleveland last year. That's so many people, and people had such a great time. I think, in fact, that a lot of people came down for the Science March because of having been at the Women's March, and Claudia was behind that. And we also have Sonny Simon, who's leader of the Cleveland Plastic Bag Initiative, uh, trying to cut down on on plastic bag pollution in Cleveland. So I think it's going to be really great. Uh, And of course, uh, we also have my uh, my March co chair, uh, uh, Marty who uh, will be sort of heading things up and then going down to uh, carry the flag at the beginning of the line there, <laughs> Marty Kribb.
0: <laughs> so it's it's a, a really broad representation of the sciences. I want to talk a little bit about why this is still needed. What's the state of science in the public sphere after a year of the Trump administration? Why should people be out to march again?
1: Right. Well, um, I'd, I'd say <laughs> there are two things about that. One, as far as the Trump era goes... Uh, things are bad. It's not just that science isn't getting the support that it should, but it's, it's being uh, you know demeaned, right? Uh, not just questioned, but doubted and sort of reviled by people that are in positions of authority that really should be uh, caring about what science can tell you about the important things in our world, right? right. Now, the second thing I want to say, you can say that's in the Trump era, and it's more sort of obvious, but these are problems that predate Trump, Right. We we have been barely keeping pace uh, with the funding that, that goes for the National Science Foundation and the National Institutes of Health and places like that. Right. Uh, in the government. So this, you know, you can blame Trump all you want. But all he's doing is putting an ugly face on a bad situation that's been going on for some time. And so what we need people to do is to come down and show that they support science, show that that this is something very important and that people are willing to vote science. Maybe this year people are going to be one issue uh, voters and say, OK, I don't care what party the person's come from, uh, but uh, if they are in support of science, I will vote for them because we need that. In our lives. So uh, that's the sort of thing that I'm hoping uh, people will do. There's nothing like uh, showing your support by, you know, on the hoof, right? Coming down, being seen. Uh, when, when anybody, even Trump, hears that there were thousands of people that showed up in Cleveland, Ohio, it, it makes it, you know, it has an impact. It and makes it, a difference. Yeah. And I think that it's a, it's a good march for people who haven't maybe marched before, because it's super friendly, and everybody's got great signs, uh, and there'll be music afterward, and uh, it'll just be a very good time. And we have a, a speaker system like we had last year. You will be able to hear these talks, uh, so don't worry about that.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, you know what you say is very important. People uh, will sometimes, and I especially, will sometimes focus on the most... Uh, I don't know, charismatic of the attacks on science, so the attacks on you know evolution or climate science, right. and forget that every single year we underfund our scientific That's community, right. we underfund research, and these things are uh, these things cause progressive harm because every year that you short uh, the number of grad students coming into a field, you short the future of that field by that number of That's grad right. students. So every single year there needs to be an expansion if you want to keep things alive at the level that they've previously been. And I think that's a really important thing because it is an election year. And I don't know about our local candidates, but if Trump is paying attention to a thousand marchers, you've got to know that local politicians <laughs> are paying attention to a thousand marchers.
1: Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and we had, we had like many thousands last year. So uh, I hope we'll have several thousand this year as well. Yeah, the thing is that it, it's not just the future of science. It's the future of our economy, right? Uh, people don't think about it very often, but uh, our economy for the past hundred years has been driven by science. This is why uh, the United States has had this incredible economy, right? Things like cr- transistors and GPS and all this sort of stuff, not to mention uh, the healthcare economy. All this is driven by scientific advancement, and uh, if we want our economy to get better, we need to invest in science because it's been a super engine.
0: I've actually thought about that quite a bit. Uh, it related to the current uh, trade war that that Trump's been starting, mm-hmm. and he's talking about they steal our intellectual property. At the same time, his budget zeroed out many of the science budgets, the you know sub subheadings in the budget that fund that research and create that intellectual property that you know the basic building blocks of these big ideas are done at the grunt level and he was zeroing out that entire budget and then turning around and complaining about you know China's damage to our economy and I'm thinking well but you're the one who took a hatchet to it I I saw the budget you proposed thankfully uh, the Republicans did not, completely follow his lead we need this stuff but i really hope that this march uh is as big a deal as it was last year and that lots of people come out and uh, i hope that a lot of our readers do too
1: i sure hope so it would be great to see everybody uh this wednesday there's a institute of science of origins life the universe and hot dogs at the uh happy dog university circle at the euclid tavern uh it's a great talk people should come it's on uh, actually on the uh uh, climate change. There will be, you can have uh, t shirts, uh, you can get March for Science t shirts uh, that evening. And we'll probably have sign making materials. Uh, I think it's almost for certain. Uh, sign making materials if people want to come down and make signs before the talk.
0: And that about wraps up our show. We'd like to thank Dr. Patricia Princehouse for her information on the March for Science. You can find out more about it if you search for March for Science Cleveland on Facebook. Also, we'd like to thank Kev Bojcik for talking to us a bit about Simply His Servants and the Rocky Horror Picture Show this Friday the 13th in Oberlin. You can learn more about them at simplyhisservants.com. This has been your Celestial Attic Podcast for Wednesday, April 11th, 2018. And I'm your host, Sandy Clark. Signing off from beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, where the people are always sunny, the pierogies are always hot, and the winter hangs around to kiss our May flowers. Music for this podcast comes courtesy Jim Shoes Music, a project of the multi-talented artist Annie Rainwater. You can find her genre fiction and other works at Facebook.com/slash spelled A-I-N-Y period R-A-I-N-W-A-T-E-R. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, friend me Sandy Clark, and check out the blog at CelestialAttic.com.